Today on Grasp, we start with a team that was on a roll from the get-go. Here is Luca, who coordinates the Open Think Tank network, to tell the story. Already in 2016, we had a cool guy from Vienna and who approached us. His name was Milo. And he said, well, what you guys are doing is awesome. Let's sit together and have a drink. So we sat together in Geneva. He joined us for our first workshop. And then we stayed in touch with him and thought about organizing an outreach event in Vienna. Thinking about that event quickly moved into doing and prepping it. Milo gathered a group of people and one of the members of the team was Max. We came almost fresh out of university, so it was not a year past that we finished our masters. So of course we still had many contacts into that whole student's universe. We ran around, we spoke with people, we invited people, we wrote thousands of emails, or at least it felt like that, to other organizations, other already existing think tanks, student organizations. We told them the idea, we pitched the, the concept of this think tank. They were on top of it, efficiently prepping that outreach event. And we'll start today's episode in Vienna where Max and his group of collaborators are holding a workshop to create a grassroots think tank. There are more than 70 people in the room, and the vibe is great. Plenty of students. 22, 23 years old, and eager to do something with the knowledge they got via their university studies. Selling the novelty of the idea to these eager students was one thing, but they also needed to make sense. People seem to be confused by the word grassroots. So Max opted to use some other unique points of the new think tank. What we instead focused on was that we want to be, and I think that was the magic word that that sort of got the idea best over, was that uh, we are an independent group project. And just like that, Max managed to wrap it and get the crowd with him. At the end of the workshop, they proudly shared their vision. Establish, uh, first of all, independent uh, think tank that is working on a grassroots concept where we, where we uh, try to encourage young people, young professionals, like-minded people, students um, to pitch their ideas for a better political world. There wasn't a whole lot of convincing to do. People were sold on the concept, and now they wanted to hear more. So mission done. After the event, everybody came out. They, of course, still had many questions, but the question marks were mostly gone. Now we, we brought that vision to the people. Now they have a clearer picture of what we're trying to establish. In here. It was a true success. Not only because people had understood better what they do, but the team were also sitting with this clear realization. There is really an interest in, in people there. That, that if we do this, then we already have seven or almost 70 like-minded people that also want to do this. And people were excited. They had plenty of questions about how this vision would become a reality. About how we would function, what we would do next what the business model of our think tank would be, how we would get our funding. We realized we had a lot of work to do in the upcoming months. Yeah, Max and his teammates had to get busy. 
This is Grasp, a podcast where we get to go behind the scenes of a think tank. My name is Jamila. I'm an intern at Forhaus. And this summer, I've been talking to people of the Open Think Tank Network, trying to grasp some of the challenges and, let's say, creative ways in which people make change happen. In today's episode, what's your name? Since everyone had day jobs, the group decided to meet on evenings and weekends. Of course, we had to bring everybody together all the time and say, let's meet again, let's do this. Let's spend our free Saturdays that we should originally use for relaxation from our 40-hour work week and sit together in a room and pitch ideas and brainstorm what we really want to do with this think tank. And there were a lot of takeout and late nights involved. Max showed up ready to the meeting as well. I brought the filter coffee equipment and everything with me to, to bring everybody their much needed dose of caffeine when we were working. It was usually at someone's private home where everyone came together, which resulted in quite a mess. Loads of paper everywhere. Of course, we needed to write things down. We wanted to hang up posters where we wanted to put on post-its and write mind maps and I don't know what. The first thing on the agenda was to make a business plan to answer all those questions from the workshop. But the further we, we, we wrote this business plan, we realized that it was not really for someone else, but it was for us to come to terms of what we really wanted to do. And the discussions were friendly and engaged. But to nail all the details, the group soon realized that these points might not be smart to discuss in a full group. The topic of funding, for example. How, how we should be funded, which money we would use, how much an event should cost, roughly. And we spent two hours arguing about the same thing, and it did not really evolve into something. And uh, where we realized that we needed to write it down. And further discussion about the points wouldn't have helped anymore. So they applied textbook management principle, divide and conquer. We decided that each member of this core organization group would write one part. And it proved to be efficient. We set ourselves a deadline. And I have to say this this worked extremely well because everybody kept the deadline. And then in the end, the business plan was done. And some weeks later... They presented their business plan in an open meeting at a cafe in Vienna. People loved it. And once again, the team was nailing it. Vision in place, business plan in place. Like they were unstoppable, right? Yeah, right. They celebrated their accomplishments of the business plan by treating themselves to a good dinner altogether. And like on a whim, we're on a roll, let's do this kind of mentality, They told themselves they could engage in a spontaneous brainstorming session on the next big thing on their list, picking a name for their baby. It was a Serbian restaurant where we got huge meat platters. And we, we didn't know about it beforehand. We just ordered it and then the guy came and then the whole table was full of meat. Which sort of didn't help that some of us were vegetarian, but well... That was the least of their problems. So the brainstorming started. With, uh, with a big piece of paper, 
that we asked the owners of the restaurant if we can put it on the table. Everybody had five uh, pens and then we just wrote every name down that we could think of, which could somehow fit to the idea of an independent grassroots think tank. They had narrowed down the choice with some requirements which they had all agreed upon. One thing the name must uh, have is an O in the name, as the other think tanks that were already funded all had, Voraus, Polis, Argo. And then from there, we had it, a very open discussion about the name. Then, of course, many people had the idea of using a Greek name, like Argo or Polis. Someone suggested Telos. It fulfilled all the requirements. But the thing was... I don't know, it just, it just didn't feel right. Choosing a name is very much about feeling. So how to angle in on a discussion to get that right feeling? The team tried to take a couple of steps back. They wanted something original, but it should be recognizable. They wanted to have an O in the word, but not too similar to the other think tanks. Yeah, confusing, right? For me too. Everyone in the group kind of had this expectation, which is very common, by the way, that when you hear the right name for your project, it just clicks. That's it. People said, oh, well, it's, it's an okay idea. And that was, I think, the problem. Everybody said it was okay. It was not spectacular. It was not grandiose. It was not a name that immediately, we, we, it, that immediately clicked, where we said, yeah, that's, that's cool. We should go with that. So they tried to be constructive, played according to the book, power through, make a list. Collect three to five name ideas and then present it to interested people at a workshop or a meeting because we wanted to have that discussion open. Present them to, to interested people, possible members in the future, um, at, at a restaurant where we invited everybody, an event which we organized via Facebook and social media. And then the crowd could make the decision. Simple. Done. So the focus was on this list. However, the group needed to get new inspiration as the desperation grew. And slowly but surely, a rabbit hole started emerging. The discussions went nowhere. But then, as if someone was hit by lightning, they thought of Esperanto. And we, we thought, what are cool names in Esperanto? You, you would be surprised of how many cool uh, websites there are where you can translate everything into Esperanto if you want to. There's a huge community in the internet. Yeah, that did not help. The options just grew, and so did their rabbit hole. People started to get irritated and impatient. So they decided to do something different. An escape room together. Um, because we thought it, it might really help with the group relationships if we lock ourselves into one room for one hour and try to find a solution together. So this team exercise called escape room means you bring the entire group into a locked room. And even though it sounds dramatic, it's actually a team building exercise. We, are, we had to find solutions cooperatively in, in a way that we all would win in the end and could leave the locked room. So while in this room, the group had to engage in a couple of exercises. I mean, there were obstacles, there were many things that we had to find creative solutions, but we all had to do that in a team together, which, which helped us then in the end 
for it. Let's try out your solution first, then we try this solution if that does not work, and then we try a third solution if someone else have, has one, and then most of the time this then worked really well. And they managed to escape the room, together, as a team. Another success, but still no name. So they used their escape room method. I mean, yeah, we, ha we had to find common ground somehow and we had to do a lot of compromises and we had to talk to each other i think that was that was the most important thing that that we always talked with each other we we shared our concerns we we shared the the ideas we had we discussed them out so if one had a, one person had a really crazy idea about something most of the time the groups did not say oh no let's forget about this this is a stupid idea no, we, we listened, we, we thought about the idea, we brainstormed together. And eventually, the group managed to shake out three names. And they were finally ready to present it to the community. And then one thing happened, what we feared was that even though we were then, I think, almost 30 people in the room, we could not get a majority for one, one name. Everybody said... Yeah, everybody said, oh, Talos is really cool. I would go with Talos. And then two other people said, no, you cannot use Talos. I really like Pordego. And then 10 more people said, oh, no, but we want Ponto. And then we realized, okay, so these names are cool, but this whole community aspect in finding the name does not pan out in the end. So because we can never get a majority for one name. They couldn't agree within the team. And the community couldn't help them either. The group was really stuck again, and this time more stuck than ever. Despite the hard work, despite testing every strategy, the team had worked so hard for the last few months, and the Christmas break was approaching. People were tired and not that creative anymore. And more importantly, they had used all the tricks in the book. So what's next? But then... Max had an idea. It was shortly before Christmas. And then everybody was going anyways home to their families to celebrate, uh, to celebrate the, the holidays. And, and then, then I said, okay, let's do this. Let's all call each other on New Year's Eve after midnight and say the name that we want to have for the think tank. I thought it was a good idea if we are spontaneous. And we just say what's on our mind, just in that very second. Because that is what we truly want the name of the think tank to be. After a 10-day break from any think tank talk or any communication with the team, and with a clear mindset, it was New Year's Eve. It was 12 p.m. And Max was on a rooftop watching fireworks and celebrating with his friends and family. It was a new year, a new start. And possibly a new name for the think tank? Everybody was saying, yeah, Happy New Year. Is everybody ready for this? And then I think someone of us started with the countdown. Three, two, one. And then the amazing thing happened. We all, all eight people said Ponto at the same time. Hallelujah. Now that is a New Year's miracle. And after all this back and forth, they finally found a name. 
the baby we were working on now finally had a name meant so much to us that we felt immediate relief it was really fun it was a fun moment for us of course and it was really nice and and it it also really helped to 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 bring our group closer together i think it was a nice experience seems like doing stuff according to the book isn't always the most helpful Sometimes it is good to let go of control and take a break. I think that was really, really important that we took we took the time to to not rush the idea of this name. Sometimes seriousness hinders a lot of process. So if if you are always really serious with something, then then you're sometimes stuck. You you also need to 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 find joy in something and to do some some unserious things have fun with it play around with with ideas and concepts and to joke around to to pitch crazy name ideas which will never work and and not being uptight all the time this little break did wonders and really helped the people to take a step back which they needed in order to move forward even though Max would in hindsight say, I wanted to have Ponto right away. Well, I'm sure you're wondering now, why Ponto? What is so great about that? So Ponto means bridge in Esperanto. And we were sitting together and we said, okay, what are we trying to establish here? And then someone from the group said, we are trying to build a bridge, a bridge between... Um, academia, between politics, between young people, between everything. So we want to be the bridge that connects all these kinds of things. Exactly. That is the goal of these grassroots think tanks, to bridge the gap between academia and politics. Next week on Grasp, we take things international and you get a real feel for the power of the Open Think Tank Network. There were a lot of different understandings of what the word means. Are we foreign policy think tanks or no, some are actually working on national um, topics. If you don't have this kind of passion, you never have the energy to build something. More on that in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Grasp. This podcast was possible thanks to the generous support of the Larix Foundation. I'm Jamila, your host of this show. Tinka Media is the podcast production house behind this episode. Music came from Blue Dot Sessions. From Voraus, the project is overseen by Edu, our digital innovation manager. What are you grasping for right now? If you're out there in the world and you want to join the movement, get in touch with us. We look forward to hear from you. See you in the next episode.